Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Matthew. Hey, good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning to the P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen. And today we are going to be discussing Matthew chapter 27, and we're going to finish out this chapter this morning by reading verses 50 through 66. Now we read verse 50 on um, Tuesday, but I thought we should read it again today just to give some context here about everything that's happening. Now, I'd like to do a quick recap, though, before we begin uh, discussing this chapter. Basically, Jesus was hung on the cross uh, to die. He was mocked. He was bruised. He was all sorts of different things. And he finally has died. And so that is where we are going to start reading today. Verse 50 all the way to the end of the chapter to verse 66. So let's go ahead and uh, grab that cup of coffee and our Bibles and let's go ahead and read. Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to the bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered into the holy city and appeared to many. Now the centurion and those who were with him watching Jesus when they saw the earthquake and the things that were done were terrified, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. Many women were there watching from afar who had followed Jesus from Galilee, serving him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When evening had come, a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself was also Jesus' disciple, came. This man went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given up. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which had been cut out in the rock. Then he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. Now on the next day, which was the day after the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees were gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest perhaps his disciples come at night and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone. So now we see that Jesus has died, and he has died willingly because it says that he yielded up his spirit in the W.E.B. version, which basically means old-fashioned way of saying he chose to die. So, of course, he was hanging on the cross, and because he was still uh, cognitive, because he was still able to function and to speak, we know that he did, in fact, die because many times people could be left on those crosses for days without dying. And uh, it was a slow form of torture. Now, Jesus was only on the cross for six hours before he died. 
So it says that he died after everything was finished and his purpose on that cross was done. He didn't need to stay on there any longer and he was done. So it says that uh, he released his spirit pretty much. So Jesus is now dead on the cross. And it says that once this happened, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Now, the veil of the temple is actually the temple that was in Jerusalem. It was a very beautiful and big temple that uh, had tons of gold, and it was a very flashy temple. Now, there is a huge, huge, thick, gigantic cloth that covered the holy place from the most holy place. And I want to say that this cloth was like 80 pounds or more or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but it was a huge, thick cloth that signified the separation of God and man, pretty much. God was in the most holy place. That was where he was supposed to live. And that is where only the high priest was supposed to go into. That was the only thing, uh, the only person that was allowed in there was the the holy, the, or I'm sorry, the, um, the uh, oh gosh, what was, it? what did I just say? The uh, holiest priest? No, the, no, the high priest. I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, I got really messed up there. Okay, so the high priest was the only one that was allowed in the most holy place. And then the other priests were allowed in the holy place. And then the courtyard was for everybody else, pretty much. And I think people could go into different areas of this temple. Now, this place was huge. Tons and tons of people could gather in the temple. And so when God ripped that veil from top to bottom, he was the one who did that. He was showing that you no longer have to worry about it. Like you don't have to worry about sacrifices anymore. It's been paid. You can now come to me. You can now pray to me. You can do all this stuff. The old law, the old covenant is exactly what it is now. It's the old covenant. We have a new covenant now, which was uh, fulfilled when Jesus died. And so that is what God is showing the people that by ripping the veil, that people could now come to him. It didn't have to be a, uh, high priest to go to God for you. It could be you going to God because of Jesus, pretty much. So it says that the veil was ripped, pretty much. And basically, this huge earthquake happened. And this earthquake was actually also mentioned by other Greek historians. We mentioned a couple uh, Greek historians on Tuesday that had mentioned this eclipse that had happened during the full moon when Jesus was on the cross. And now, these same Greek historians are also mentioning this uh, earthquake that had happened, saying that a city was actually uh, almost destroyed by this particular earthquake, but not just, I'm sorry, not destroyed, but there was a lot of uh, buildings that had gotten collapsed because of this earthquake in a particular city. So Greek historians, several of them actually mention this particular earthquake that had happened. It says here that this earthquake happened. And in verse 52, Matthew mentions something super crazy that it's actually the only, um, the only mention of this in the Bible is right here in Matthew. It says in verse 52, the tombs opened and many godly men and women who had died came back to life again. And after Jesus's resurrection, they left the cemetery and went into Jerusalem and appeared to many people there. 
So this was probably after Jesus was resurrected, because that's what it says here. It says, after Jesus's resurrection, they left the cemetery and went into Jerusalem. So maybe the earthquake happened and some of the tombs were opened, but the people came back to life after Jesus had been resurrected. The resurrection power was so great that many uh, godly men and women came back to life to basically go and preach the gospel to people, kind of like the way Lazarus had come back to life. And we haven't mentioned Lazarus yet, but Lazarus was actually somebody that God had healed. Lazarus was in the tomb for several days before Jesus got to him and healed him. And Lazarus did, in fact, come back to life. And, uh, you know, his life wasn't forever. He ended up dying again. But that was probably the same thing that happened with these particular people here. And these people obviously once again died later on, but came back to life during that time period to minister to other people in Jerusalem is what it says here. It says that after Jesus's resurrection, they left the cemetery and went into Jerusalem and appeared to many people there. Now, it says in verse 54 that the soldiers at the crucifixion and their sergeant or the centurion, basically, a centurion was a um, commanding officer that commanded a hundred people. So the centurion was super frightened by this earthquake and everything that had happened, probably the eclipse and everything that they saw happening with Jesus and everything. They were terrified. And it says that the centurion says, surely this man was the son of God. Now, of course, the centurion didn't understand that this man, Jesus, is the son of God because Jesus was going to come back from the dead. Obviously, this, this centurion could not have understood that. So he says this man was the son of God. So he is believing now. This centurion could have been one of the ones that was abusing and beating and hitting and mocking Jesus before. And now he's seeing everything that is happening and he is having a change of heart. And I actually mentioned on Tuesday some of the people that did have a change of heart when they were seeing all this crazy, miraculous stuff happening with Jesus on the cross. Some people were very moved. For example, the criminal that was on the cross, he started out also mocking Jesus. But we find out later on that he did, in fact, start believing in Jesus and changed his tune a little bit. Because, you know, for three hours when an eclipse is happening and you know all these things about Jesus, how could you not start believing or thinking stuff is funny? Or, I don't know, you, you would start having to think about this like the centurion here did. The centurion was seeing all this and he changed his tune and he is now believing in Jesus, that Jesus was the son of God. So it says here that there is a bunch of women actually that had come down from Galilee with Jesus to care for him. And they were watching everything that was happening at the crucifixion from a distance. And so it says that uh, Mary Magdalene was there and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. We've seen uh, the mother of James and John before when she came up to Jesus and asked about her sons. We talked about that a, a long time ago. But there were these women here with Jesus. You know, Jesus's mother was there and Mary Magdalene was there. And uh, these women that were ministering to Jesus was were, in fact, there at the cross with Jesus. And they were watching everything that was happening. And so it's interesting because out of all of the disciples of Jesus, the women were the ones that really stuck near him. And we do learn later on that John also did stick with Jesus uh, much more than his other disciples did because John was at the cross with Jesus as well. And uh, we'll learn that later. 
But basically, the women were there with Jesus. The women that were his disciples, the women that ministered and did all different things, they were there with Jesus at the cross. And so it says that um, when evening came, there was this rich man named Joseph of Arimathea, and he was one of Jesus's disciples, it actually says. He was another of Jesus's disciples. He was not one of Jesus's main 12 disciples, but he was, in fact, one of Jesus's other disciples. And so he was a rich man and he had this beautiful brand new tomb. And so he goes to Pilate, Pontius Pilate, and he asks for Jesus's body. Since Pontius Pilate was the one in charge of Jesus's um, basically crucifixion, he went to Pilate to go get Jesus's body. And usually people who were executed by crucifixion as an extra torture to the families or something like that, the, the people on the um, cross were meant to just rot there, basically, and let the birds and bugs and everything else eat the bodies. Now, the Jews, since it was Passover, probably did not want this. And so it says that Joseph, this guy Joseph, goes to Pilate and asks for Jesus's body. And he's like, I have a brand new tomb right over here. Can I please take Jesus's body? Now, the Romans were actually known for allowing some people to take the bodies of the executed people kind of as a, um, I don't know, in different occasions, they would actually let some executed people go home with their families and be buried properly. So Pilate gives in and he's like, okay, fine, you can take Jesus's body. And so it says that Joseph did take Jesus's body and it says that they wrapped it in a nice clean linen cloth and placed it in a new rock hewn tomb. So in other words, this tomb was super expensive. It was carved out of pure rock. And actually in John, it mentions that this tomb was super close to the crucifixion area. It says that in that same area, there was a garden. And in this garden, there was a tomb. And so Joseph might have, this is something funny I kind of read on, um, on Enduring Word commentary. I, I found this, it was kind of interesting. Joseph might have gotten upset that he built this tomb and paid all this money to have this this huge, beautiful tomb built in this garden. And all of a sudden the Romans start executing people in this same area. <laughs> and so the tomb might have actually gone down in value. And because he didn't want his family to be buried in that tomb, the tomb was empty. And that is why this Joseph man had an empty tomb there was because uh, the tomb went down in value because the Romans started executing very close to where this tomb was, basically. So, but even if that was the case... It was perfect because that tomb was specifically meant for Jesus. It was meant for him. So it worked out perfectly. So Joseph had this empty tomb that maybe had gone down in value, but it was perfect for Jesus's body because it was so close to the crucifixion area. Plus it was coming up on, um, on uh, the Sabbath day. And so because the Jews were not allowed to work, at all on the Sabbath day. You remember me talking about the, the crazy rules that the Pharisees had for the Sabbath and everything like that. 
because they were not allowed to work on the Sabbath day, this was the perfect tomb to lay Jesus's body in. So they hurried and took Jesus off the cross and put him in this tomb and put this nice clean linen cloth over him and placed him in this tomb. And it says that Joseph decided to roll a great stone. So this big giant stone across the entrance of this tomb. And this was something that rich people often did so that uh, the bodies would be preserved and everything like that. The stone was rolled over the tomb and no one could get in there unless you have several men to roll away this giant stone. And so it says that um, they placed the stone at the entrance and left because the Sabbath day was coming. They weren't allowed to work. They had to split. So it says that both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting nearby and watching everything that was happening. So this was probably the other Mary was probably not Jesus's mother, but uh, the Mary that we have talked about, um, Mary and Martha two sisters so they were sitting nearby watching everything that was happening with Jesus's body probably crying probably in so much uh, distress over everything that happened because they were two women that just very very much loved Jesus and often followed him around and uh, ministered with him and for him and everything so these women loved Jesus and they were his friends and they're sitting there crying and you know upset about everything but they're watching what's happening with Jesus's body so that they can go and properly preserve him later when they have more time because they weren't allowed to do that on the Sabbath day. So it says that the next day on the Sabbath, which is as interesting as this is, the next day on the Sabbath, the Pharisees are breaking their own Sabbath laws that they made up. They go over to Pilate and they start working. And they're saying to Pilate, they're like, sir, that liar over there, that Jesus, that deceiver. So they're just, they're just making up these names about Jesus and, uh, blaspheming Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I should mention. And it says that um, they say that after three days, Jesus said he would come back to life again. So they're saying to, to Pilate here, they, they're like, we request an order from you to seal the tomb until the third day to prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he came back to life. So the Pharisees are afraid. Because I think they, they do partially recognize that there's something special about Jesus. And they were jealous of Jesus's God-given powers and abilities and everything like that. They were so upset and so jealous over that. But they know that Jesus is special. And so out of their own fear, they are saying... Pilate, can you please put a guard over on that tomb over there so that the disciples don't come and steal Jesus's body away and claim that he rose again? And he says, if that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first because all these people will start believing it again and blah, blah, blah. So they are super upset. And that is why they're going to Pilate on the Sabbath day when they were only supposed to take like 20 steps the entire day or something like that. And, <laughs> and so then Pilate's just like, I don't care. And he says, use your own temple police. You've got police officers in your temple. You do it. And he's like, they can guard it. He's like, I'm not going to put my men on this. You do it. And so it says that they sealed the stone and posted guards to protect it from intrusion. And that is how this chapter ends. And uh, Jesus has a big surprise for us <laughs> in the next chapter. So join me then 
it's a cliffhanger and we will find out what happens next so join me on tuesday and we will be discussing matthew chapter 28 and then after that we're going to be pretty much done with the book of matthew and uh, we'll be moving into the book of mark so friends if you liked this episode please rate it five stars and also write a review because reviews are huge for a podcast that is how more people are going to find the podcast and it's a very simplistic thing you can do to actually get the word out there this is a biblical podcast we are supposed to spread the word so if you write a review as odd as that sounds it is a really excellent way to spread the podcast even further because the more reviews the p40 ministry podcast has the more people can find it so if you write a review or like it or click five stars or even subscribe to the podcast that will help more people find it but friends and faithful listeners i hope you have a really fantastic rest of your thursday and that you are blessed god bless and happy listening